I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of the Over Underachieving Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the last one. I'm your host, Jared Brown, a.k.a. JB. Let's get it in. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm very excited about today's episode. I'm here with Mark Hayes, formerly of Fox 5's Good Day Atlanta. So many of you may know him from that. Since walking away from Fox 5 in 2012, Mark has continued to share his winning personality with thousands of people via private and public speaking engagements and through his consulting company, Mark Hayes Consulting, in which he coaches individuals and companies on how to grow their brands and speak effectively. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you all, Mr. Mark Hayes. Good stuff. All right, Mark Hayes, television news broadcast uh, journalist for, uh, wow, about 30 years. 30 years. Uh, Howard University, class of 1989. Go Bison, the Mecca. Yes, indeed. HBCUs. HBCUs in the house. Yes, sir. And I got my first break in television news in um, Albany, Georgia. Uh, In the early 90s, I went down there, um, stayed in Albany for a year, moved around the country quite a bit after that, went to Rochester, New York. Okay. Uh, after Rochester, we went out to Denver, Colorado, um, Denver to Baltimore, Baltimore to Detroit, Detroit to your hometown. <laughs> yes, indeed. Detroit to Atlanta, where I stayed here for a decade and then uh, finished up my career with two years in Dallas, three years in Cincinnati. So uh, well-traveled, um, right. nothing but a bleeding heart. Um, love telling stories, and that's how I got into TV news. Right, I definitely I want, want to talk about that. Yeah, too. I, I wanted to be a spro- sports broadcaster. Okay, um, I played college football, loved the game. Missed, I still miss the game to this day. Um, but those jobs were so difficult to get. Really? Yeah, sports guys don't leave. That's the best job. Going. That's what they say about. That's what they say about music teachers yeah. in school. Music yeah. teachers and <laughs> PE teachers. Right. The hardest job to get because. They don't leave. Right. Why would you? Why would you? <laughs> Why would you leave? That's a pretty pretty cool job to have. So I yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so I couldn't get a sports gig and um so I looked at the next best thing, which mm-hmm. was um telling news stories and getting into the news uh side of things of the operations and um you know, I have no regrets. I okay. enjoyed every single minute of it. I enjoyed the people that I got to meet. You know, some amazing people along the way, especially when I worked in Atlanta. Um, but, you know, the people that I met on a daily basis covering news, you know, everybody's got a story. Um, Very true. Everybody um, is going through an experience. And, um, you know, when you're able to bring those stories to light and um, capture a person's um, real essence uh, through this incredibly powerful medium and pictures, um, there's 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 something really special about bringing right. those stories to life. Well, that's that's one of my questions, or something I want to you know want to get into. I'm glad we can get into it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Is how does a person begin to identify their story and be able to put it into words so that they can articulated consistently because I think like you said a lot of people have a story but many of us most of us probably don't even recognize that we have a story worth telling or something that somebody will be interested in so how do you get to that point where you're comfortable doing that you know you look at your life experiences you know what good is a a great story if it's never been heard or never been told 
Right. Right. So you know, or people can't understand it. And if 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 you can't put your story, you know, almost in chronological order, so that people can easily right. digest it, you know, it becomes you know just a a, a a big pile of goo, and and you know, and and it takes away from the allure of that product. Right. You know, so, you know, it's really important that you learn how to tell your story and tell it in a manner that's easy to digest. Right. I understand. I understand. That's that's like I said, that's a tough thing mm -hmm. for people to sit down and and, um, you know, accept their realities, the the negatives, the positives, because that's all a part of your story. Right. You know what I'm saying? Your, right. The struggles, the successes, people identify with that. Yeah. yeah. And I think like you like you said earlier, it's important to to articulate those things and because people identify with them. Right. People, right. everybody has struggles. And a lot yes. of times you don't want to come out and say, oh, I went through this. I talked about that on my very first episode of my mm -hmm. podcast, like being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. People appreciate it. Right, right. And you know, it's interesting. I have a, a client that I work with uh, virtually. He, he lives in uh, Starkville, Mississippi. Okay. And, um, you know, he's got uh, live combat war experience. And I'm like, right. okay, <laughs> you're a, you're a doctoral candidate now. Um, that's easy compared to fighting for your life, right? In the battlefield. In, in the, the battlefield. battlefield. Yeah. Okay. Please share your experience with people when you talk about who you are, right? Because this is a part of you. That experience helps shape who you are. Why it makes you more responsible, right? As a manager. Why um why why it helps you understand the importance. Of being on time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't right. want to be late. How did that shape who you are? Exactly. Exactly. So, so our collective life experiences um, add to our luster, and um, and that's what determines, you know, just how shiny we are, um, how valuable we are to others around us, right, or to an organization. Exactly. And and, and but you have to be able to articulate it. You know, you have to be able to put things. Uh, out there so that people understand it and and it doesn't come across as if you're arrogant. oh I've done so many so and so you want to be right. someone that people want to be around so it so it it almost translates to job interviews translates exactly. to television interviews I mean it's it's all the same concept it's just understanding you know which, when and what kind of story to tell at what particular moment. Right. So once I once I have identified the story that I want to tell, how how do I go about making it to mm -hmm. where it's personable, mm -hmm. relatable, like you say, not arrogant? Mm -hmm. Because I mean I once you figure it out, if you're working on that, once you figure out what your what your brand is, what story you're trying to tell, how do you get it to where you can tell it? Right. Um, easily and, and freely. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a big notes guy. I love to take notes. Okay. And, um, you know, I would break it down into the three to five most important points. Okay. And so you put it in order, um, in order of importance and in order of importance to the people you're trying to sell it to. Okay. Putting your story in order. Right. Um, you got your, your basic points, the main points that you want to accentuate. And, um, and, but you have to understand who you're talking to. Right. And um, every television organization that I've ever worked for, every broadcast company knows exactly who their audience is. 
And that way you can tailor your message to fit their specific set of ears. And if you know who you're talking to and if you know what they're looking for, you know best how to formulate your message to reach them right. and be able to solve you know, the issue that they're coming to you for. Yeah. And that is one of the, the things that is so critical um, when you talk about missing the mark because people just forget who they're talking to. You know, some places one message will play and in other places it just doesn't, right? right? And why is that? It's because we forgot who we're talking to. How, it's because we don't understand our audience. Right. How often is that the case? When you, with, your client, with your clients, they come to you, how often is it the case where they just don't, where they're just not targeting well enough? You know, I see it more times than I, than I thought I would. Okay. You know, people just don't understand who their customer base is. Um, and then when you when you mention it to them, the light bulb goes off. You know, finding the audience, you know, whipping them up into a frenzy. You know, you, you think about the power of targeting. It's it's always related to the message number one, obviously, mm -hmm. but also the audience and right. the effectiveness of that message to be able to reach the audience. It's right. critical. It's critical in business. It's critical as we saw in elections. Um, you know, and and. From the on the flip side, you know, you hear the criticism of Hillary Clinton. You didn't reach the people you needed to reach. Right. And so therein lies the rub. You can't get elected if you don't reach enough. You're not reaching, yeah, yeah, you're not reaching those people. You you said something about energy, which I think is important. You know, you're talking about Barack Obama energizing mm -hmm. a whole generation, mm -hmm. which I wanna say that was the first time I voted. Um yeah, yeah, I think it was. People, a, lot of people, a lot of folks have that a was, similar story. That was my first time. That was my first time voting. I was in college, mm -hmm. and like you said, the message was energizing. Yep. People respond to that. Yeah, absolutely. People don't always respond to facts and figures and mm -hmm. rates and and these kind of things. A lot of people don't understand, right? Or care to understand, right? You know, you sell people by people. Right. I'm sure you have said it, heard it mm -hmm. millions of times, like people by people. So how important is how what do you how important do you think energy is when you when you're dealing with your with your consulting clients? It, it, it's critical because it's what instills confidence in others. When they see that you're excited about a particular issue or passion, um, that gets them excited. You know, and people have to know that you care because when it all comes down to it and people are, are dealing with choices, it all comes down to who do I think cares enough to do the best job for me? Right. And that's how people make their picks based on that passion that you exhibit, based on, you know, the, the energy they get from you um, when they when they converse with you and when they watch you speak about, you know, some people just light up when they talk about certain subjects. Exactly. And you. You can see that, and it's hard to fool people. It's hard to manufacture that if it's not genuine and sincere. And so that's one of the things that you have, you have to have that energy and that passion. Now, energy is not being loud and boisterous, but energy is passion, and people can see it. They can see it. Yeah. Right, right, right. People can see it. From a mile away. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's why I always tell my clients, you know, you have to be genuine and sincere. Um, and authentic with who you are because it's hard to fake it um, every time and and it's hard to be consistent if you're not 
And that is so, consistency is so critical in any industry, in any right. line of work. Right. Um, you know, Kobe wouldn't have been Kobe uh, if he dropped 40 one night and dropped two the next night. Exactly. You know, LeBron yeah, I, is not LeBron because right. he dropped 50 one night right. and then has seven. You right. know, you yes. drop 50 and then you drop 35 and then 40. Now you're consistent. Because there are people who do that. Right. Right. We don't know who the, we don't know their name. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. We don't know their name. Right. And they're not in any Hall of Fame of anything. No. So greatness is different and that high level of passion is is easily identified. I actually I actually have been saying that a lot. Yeah. You know, these days just like talent is overrated. Mm. You know, there's a there's a book called Talent yeah. is Overrated oh, and yeah. And it really is mm-hmm. because you have to be able to duplicate. You have to yep. be able to replicate your efforts. Mm-hmm. If you do it one night, it's just like when it comes to making songs. If you make one good song, it's a lot of one-hit wonders. Yeah, and I know. It's not worth anything. Right. You know there are few of them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not, <laughs> not if any. You if know any. What I'm if if any. any. Because the people buy, people really buy into the consistency. Yes. Album, yes. and even more so today. Right. With with um, the world moving so fast. Yes, and all the choices you have. You have a lot of choices, and you have a lot of things being thrown at you. Constantly being bombarded. And like you say, everything is moving fast, so people have to, people are expecting you to duplicate, duplicate, mm-hmm. duplicate, duplicate, duplicate. Drop an album. Oh, I gotta, mm-hmm. gotta drop another gotta drop one. Another Three one. months. Yeah. Right. Three months is probably what you got to be able yeah. to put something else out. Whether right. it's music, whether it's something. Video. You have to have you have to constantly have what you call content, what we right. call content in the marketplace yep. to yep. stay relevant. So when it comes to content, if I am just, let's say I'm a, an entrepreneur and I'm building a brand, I'm building a business, how would I go about creating my first piece of content to, you know, to give to my fans, my followers, my customer base? You know, I think, you again, you, you identify what your customer base is hungry for okay. and start there. And then start with your best skills, right? So you want to be able to, to deliver the best product that you have to offer based on what they want, okay? right? So you start with what they need, the, 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 the need you're trying to fill, and then you try to give them that based on your best abilities, yeah. Right. So, you know, it's 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 not like um, if LeBron wasn't good at hitting threes, we, we wouldn't ask him to do it. Right? Exactly. Right. You know, <laughs> so so you, you, if you're not a three point shooter, get back down in the post and play the post. Master the post. And, right. And understand the post and learn the post and do the post. Well, do the post, do the post with greatness, right. you know. But because LeBron hits threes, we ask him to go out there and hover around out by the arc and knock him down. Right. So find your, your sweet spot in terms of your skill set, right? And then you can offer that to your, to your audience and to, okay. and, and to your customer. And um, because, because you're not going to be able to do what, uh, what somebody else does well. You know? You, everyone, not better than them. No, not better than them. And so, you know... Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but it also can hinder your creative abilities, you know, when you're trying to do what somebody else does well. Right. And that's not your skill set. 
So you got to stay in your lane, exactly. you know, figure out what you do well, right. identify. And a lot of us struggle with that. A lot of us struggle with, with what exactly we do well. And so that has to be one of the first things you do, you know, when you, before you start creating content. It's, okay, you know, let me sit down, let me map out what I really do well and what I really have to offer. Because that's what will help you be consistent. That's what will help you continue to be able to produce content that people enjoy. That people, that's relevant. Right. A lot of times, um, you know, a lot of what I hear is people say, you know, ask people that know you. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think that's good advice to ask people that know you? You're like, what do, what do I do well? A lot of times you can't, you do, you don't do too well, well identifying it yourself sometimes. I, I think that's a portion of it. Okay. I think ask, you know, people that know you are going to be more gentle. You know, they're going to let you Good. down easy. Good. If, if they let you down. Right. Find someone who knows. Find someone who's an expert in the industry. Okay. I didn't know how to be a CEO of a company. I knew how to do television news. I know how to report and write right. and produce and create content. But I didn't know how to run a business. I had to hire somebody. Right. I said, okay, this is what I need. You know, I based on your bio... I need you to teach me how to run MarquezConsulting.com. Okay. I need you to teach me how to acquire customers. You know, I didn't have to acquire customers as a television reporter. Right. You know, people called us. Okay. You know, right. people yeah. emailed me with a story idea. I, you just have to I vet learn it, it and yeah, you say look vet, and right. see if it's if it fits in our broadcast. If it's something that the wide um, um, audience expanse will enjoy or can, news they can use. Um, but I didn't have to go in search of, of a customer base. You know, now I do. So that's so, that's a that's a, a very different It's a very different very process. Different lane, yeah. yeah, and you have to under you see you don't know what you don't know. And so you have to ask people who have done it before. And you can't be so um, caught up in your own ego that you're not willing to go and try to understand, you know, new ventures. This is new this is all new to me. Right. You know, running my own business is new to me. You know, I've always worked for someone else, which is great. Got a paycheck every other week, mm -hmm. you know, some benefits. Yeah, that stuff's right. good. Exactly. You know, but when when you're it, when you're the chief cook and bottle washer, you know, something breaks at my office, I'm out of ink in the printer. You know, there's no closet with 400 ink jets in there. I got to go. I got to go to the store and get them, or I got to get right, on right, Amazon. Right. Order. Exactly. Same you thing know? with me. If a hard drive is at yeah. them, I got to go buy it. You got to go fix it. <laughs> Right, yeah, I so, so it's a different process, and it's and there's a different level of understanding that has to come along with it. And um, you know, deferring to other experts is not a bad thing because it'll keep you from from running into pitfalls um, that can cripple your business. You know, there there are so many businesses, small businesses that fail because people don't take the time out to understand some of the simple stuff at the beginning which would get them over those lean times in the oftentimes at the beginning of your venture. Gotcha. Especially when you're not flush with cash. You right. know, a lot which, of us don't have money yeah, to throw to at just throw at, yeah. yeah. That is excellent advice. And I, you know, it's just things I think about. Sometimes you think about these things and you don't actually execute or you mm -hmm. like, just you, things are going through your brain. How can I get, how can I get over this mm -hmm. hump? And that's, that's one of those hard things yeah. that people, that's, what is it, simple, mm -hmm. but not easy. Right. <laughs> right. And, and you know, you, you just have to put your ego aside. Right. You know, and not be afraid to ask other people. I mean, I, I did it 
it, it was the reason I was able to get some of the jobs I got in television news because I was able to network and I asked people to look at my work and give me an honest, constructive critique. You know, don't tell me it's great if it's not, you know, because you're not helping me. Right. You know, and I, I'd much rather say, oh, wow, yeah, that wasn't that you're good. Right. You know, and be working in Atlanta for 10 years because I did the hard work and I, 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 I took the abrasive review back when I was young and was still trying to figure it out. And now the benefit is, you know, I'm on television in Atlanta for a decade. Right. You know, because I learned the craft and I, I learned what all, all the elements were. And that way I could include them. And that way I have a solid foundation. I think that's important that we that we do get those harsh critiques. Mm-hmm. Hard to get them. You know, mm-hmm. hard to deal with them. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, you're right. Your friends and your family are going to say, oh, it's great. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's the greatest yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Which and is not the greatest thing in the world for your business. That's not, right, that's not, good, that's not good at all. I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Right. To a certain extent, you need them to do that. Yeah. So like you say, you have to ask people who have done it. Right. To tell you so you get that so you get that kick. Right. Sometimes you need that kick. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, so with your, with your clients, with your consulting clients, how important do you think it is for them to make these mistakes well, in their in their journey? Well, we try to avoid the mistakes, but when they happen, okay. we try to learn from them. Okay. Um, and, and I think that is, you know, the, the, the consulting works when the relationship works. Okay. You know, you have to have mutual trust for each other. You have to respect each other's professional opinions. And, you know, sometimes you don't always get that. Um, but if you're going to hire someone to consult on a specific aspect of your business, Trust their professional instincts. You know, trust their consulting advice. Trust the information that they're giving you because they're giving it to you from a place of experience. They're not just, Correct. you know, throwing this stuff out there and saying, well, let's try it. No, this is what we've seen and how it worked. This is why you should replicate it. And so, you know, it, it, it all comes down to trust. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, want, we're like, okay, you know, I'm just going to trust myself. And then sometimes they'll have to learn the hard way. And okay. it is what it is. But, you know, the bottom line is, you know, I've been doing television and, 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 and media in and out of newsrooms for 30 years. You know, so I've seen a lot. You know, I was there when we launched our Facebook campaign at Wagga. I was, I was there when we okay. launched our Twitter. You know, and so I understand the evolution that's come about and, and why it's taken place. Um, you know, again, in 2006, we had no idea that Facebook would be everywhere in everyone's home, that Instagram would have a billion people. Nobody, on. Yeah, nobody knew that the, if you had told me in 2006, the only way to see the Braves game on a Thursday afternoon businessman special is going to be on Facebook. I would have told you you were crazy. No way. You were crazy. <laughs> but you know, two weeks ago, they, right. they the had, only way you can see the game was, was on, Facebook. on Facebook. Right. <clears throat> so. You know, they, they, you have to be constantly evolving with the technology because the technology is changing. Who knew we'd be able to get rid of a cable box? You know, but I remember when the cable box came too in the late seventies. Right. You know, right. Like, so you've oh, seen, you've seen that, yes. you've seen that evolution. Yeah. Um, now, now we've got a now we've got a drive that we plug into our HDMI input. 
a little remote, a little, yeah. you know, exactly. That's, to, that's to, all I got. To get all this content, who knew? Who knew that was coming? No big bulky cable box. No. no, no waiting for somebody to install it. None of that. None of that. None of that. And so you, but you have to evolve with technology, and you know, technology has has now permeates just about every industry and everything we do. You know, aside from the trucks that have to actually deliver the goods and products that we order, I mean, and even technology is affecting the way they deliver and the way they do their jobs. Um, it's everywhere. And if you don't embrace it and evolve with it, you, you'll get left behind because everybody else will be moving at light speed and you're kind of going 100 miles an hour. You, can't, you just can't keep up. And I can, I can tell, and I have a, a question for that too, but I can tell when I first met you, you said something about Instagram or something mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, okay, this guy, he, he gets it, you know? I can tell that you get it on a level that maybe somebody else, but I can't say my father, because yeah. my father is knee-deep in it, social media. Yeah. But <laughs> knee-deep in it, more than, more than me, probably. Right. But you understand. So, I mean, as a television person, um, what, 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 what were kind of your hurdles when, it, when you see the evolution of Evolution and revolution yeah. of social media. Like, how did you face that? Because you, like you say, you've been there from the beginning. You've yeah. seen the evolution of Facebook. Mm -hmm. How did you handle that? Was it difficult? Was it something that you just naturally embraced? You know, the change was difficult, but we enjoyed it because of the platform. You know, Facebook was was the predominant platform as it remains. Yes. Um, the difficulty was in figuring out how much to share. Okay. You know, as as a as a trusted source of news and information, I wanted to be careful about not projecting myself in a light that would lend itself to a lack of credibility. So, you know, I a, a, a lot of times, you know, you you wrestle with, well, you know, here's a here's a great picture. Should I post it or not? A lot of people wrestle with that. Oh yeah. In their oh, yeah. professional. Lives. Absolutely. And people are losing their, their professions because of it, because they exercise bad judgment. And so um, it's, it's critical because you, you don't want to tarnish the brand. You don't want to tarnish the brand that you work for. And then you don't want to tarnish your family. You, you, know, you want to pay the ultimate respect to your family. And so there's this constant wrestling act that's going on and balancing act um, between you know, us as human beings and, you know, projecting yourself in a light that, that keeps that, that credibility factor yes, as high as possible, especially when you're, you know, a television journalist, because it, you owe, that's, you're, you're engaged in a relentless and dogged pursuit of the truth, right. but you also want to appear as if, you know, you're someone who believes in those basic tenets of journalism as well. Right. So, and one wrong picture can change, can change everything. It'll change right. your perception Absolutely. to your um, constituents. To, yeah, <laughs> to your customers. Yeah, the people, yeah. Who, the people who watch you, the people, the people who, trust who trust you. you. Right. The people who trust you is very important. Um, how has social media affected the way you do business? I mean, I've seen you on Instagram, I've seen you on Facebook, and like I said before, you're embracing it clearly. Um, how has it affected the way you do business personally and how you do 
business yeah. with uh, Mark Hayes Consulting. I, I think I think personally, it's it's wonderful because it allows me to stay in touch with so many people um, from from thirty years of television news, from high school, from college. Um, it keeps you know you, we're all connected you know globally now, um, right. and you, you're only a, an, an an instant message away you know from somebody you haven't talked to in 15, 20 years. Exactly. Um, so I, I like the interconnectivity of it, um, business wise. I mean, I don't know how you do business without it. What's the first thing somebody does when they go to, to, to go to a new restaurant or to um, uh, patronize a new business? Yelp. Yeah, they <laughs> Yelp it or they Google Yelp, it. Google, Facebook. You know? yeah. and, if, and if you can't find it, you're probably not going to go. Probably not going to go. So, right. you know, your digital profile is, is so critical. Um, LinkedIn is where people are finding careers, um, finding all kinds of information on how to be more productive at work. Um, so social media um, is apps an absolute necessity uh, when it comes to doing business in the global age and the digital age because that's where everybody is and that's what everybody trusts. And so you have to respect and protect your brand um, in social media and you also have to have clear, concise messages that you put out there. You know, if you're just putting stuff out there, right, it's not going to help you. you. You have to post strategically and post with purpose. I um, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> post with purpose. You I have like to that. post with purpose because um, you, every post is an opportunity for you to draw in a potential new client or potential new customer. So if you happen to hit somebody's hot button that day, you know, you want it to be easily digested, you know, and, and, and answering the question that they have about it. Right. So you got to post with purpose. <laughs> I like I like, po I like post with purpose. Um, so if I am a if I am a person, I asked a similar question earlier. But if I'm a person and I'm just starting out um, building my personal brand via social media or via mm. the internet, what is the first thing that I should do? Hmm. You know, I would. What would you suggest? Yeah, I I would start with the story. Okay. What kind of story am I trying to tell here? And I would map it out from that point. You know, um, when I started my business, I, 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 I built on my experience. You know, now my experience as a television news journalist doesn't help my clients necessarily, but it does let them know that this is where I get my expertise. And why you're an authority. And why I'm the authority, exactly. And so, um, you know, because. They don't want to hear about what I've accomplished in television news. They want to hear, how can, you help? How can I help them? And so we have to remember that um, when we're telling our story, when we're building our profile. So I would, I would start with telling that story. Telling that story in a manner that projects to your audience how you can help them solve the problem that they have. Because that's, it's all about the customer. It's always about the customer's experience. And it's always about, you know, fulfilling their needs. So that's where you have to start and continue your focus. Okay. And I think it's easy to get, it's easy to lose sight of that. And mm. get, uh, I, don't, I don't know if the word, I don't think it's selfish, but you just lose sight of right. what's important. Right. If you're trying to sell something, you got to sell it to somebody. You can't right. sell it to yourself. Right. Or you're so focused on explaining to people that you're qualified you forget to tell them what you can do for them. 
That's a big one I see. Okay. You know, people just okay. get so caught up and put down degrees and awards and accomplishments. And, well, how does that help me? You have to be able to articulate how you can help people solve their issue. That's that's good. <laughs> that's 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 good stuff. Because I mean, like you say, people do get you do get caught up in. Yeah. I'm this. I'm that. This is what I've done. This. Right. Like, what can you do for me? Right. And right. I think that's the question I think that everybody's asking. Yeah. And that's the number one question that you're probably answering for your clients. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. But I know I mentioned earlier. We we're going to talk about public speaking. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that you do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you do it well because you're oh, speaking you. <laughs> in front of a camera for thirty years yeah. and yeah. still doing to this day. Still, yeah. you know, still doing speaking engagements. Uh, how important do you think the skill skill of public speaking is, and how can somebody get better at it? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I know that they say that's the one of the Number one fears uh, exactly for people and and you know the thing about it is um, you can get better at it you know but you have to work at it it's great public speakers are are made they're they're not necessarily born Dr King was a great public speaker because he spoke every night you right. know? I mean when he was fighting for civil rights he was at a podium literally almost all every night all the time. And that's why, you know, when we see him in the March on Washington, he's phenomenal because he's done it. He's done it. In these different levels. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, those repetitions um, give you confidence. And, and confidence is the most important aspect of public speaking. Believing that you can get up there and tell a story that's going to hold people's attention and they're going to be able to digest, digest it and walk away with something valuable you can do that if you have the confidence, if you practice, and if you work at it. And, if, and, and when you understand, we love stories. You, you remember the, the stories your parents told you as a kid. I remember mm-hmm. Curious George. One you of know, my favorites. Yeah, we love <laughs> stories. And, you know, when you tell a story um, that holds people's attention, it gives you confidence. And when you have that confidence, you don't mind getting up and doing it again and again and again. And any more in business... You've got to stand up in front of the room and, and, and make your pitch or defend your, your sales report or, you know, uh, chart the direction of the organization. I mean, right. You have so, to say that with confidence so people believe that you exactly, know what you're talking about. Exactly. Because if you get up there and you're, you're not confident, you know, how do you inspire leadership? How do you inspire people to get behind an idea that you have? It might be the best idea in the world, but it hasn't been articulated in a fashion that allows people to say, oh, yeah, I'm on board. And so that will hamper your leadership ability. So it's all interconnected. Everything. It's all interconnected. And and if you look at the New England Patriots, I love my sports examples. But Are you a Patriots fan? No. No, I'm a, I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm a fan of their success. <laughs> <laughs> but I am not a Patriots fan. Hey, let's go on record and say Mark Hayes is not a Patriots fan. I am not a Patriots fan. And uh, <laughs> neither am I. Go Lions. But, but <laughs> there you go. But I am a fan of their success. Okay. And if you look and you hear um, interviews from former players um, that played for Belichick, they will tell you he makes it crystal clear. Here's what I want. Here's what I need. 
There is no ambiguity. There's no gray area. He is one of the best communicators that people say they've ever worked for. So when you know what's expected of you, you can't be surprised when he replaces you in the lineup. So he makes it clear what he wants. They oh, they're always on the same. I mean, think about what he. We haven't seen really anything like this in football. I mean, remember the '70s Steelers and right. the Steel Curtain, and you know the Cowboys' great runs in the past. But we haven't really seen sustained excellence like this in pro sports. Systematic, right? Systematically, yes. Systematic excellence in this day and age where everybody has phenomenal athletes. I mean, you think about the athletes on the Jets, and they're 2-14, and 14, right? Exactly. And they've yeah. got phenomenal players. But when you think, I mean, the Patriots are going to win a Super Bowl, lose three or four big wheels in that machine. And still keep pushing. And then plug in a couple more guys next year and then and be right back in the AFC Championship. It never stops. It yeah. never stops. Not to mention that Tom Brady is not even a phenomenal athlete. Right. There are right. there are even quarterbacks that are right. more athletic, way more athletic. But you know, like you say, the communication. There's a system happening there, yeah. and he's communicating yeah. effectively, yeah. which is all which, the time on a consistent level. They they don't have a lot of illegal procedure penalties. That means when they broke the huddle, everybody got the play and the snap count. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. You don't see them with, with flag after flag. Not a lot of accidents no. going on because no. it's very clear. There are no oops. You know, they don't have those. That's why they got all those rings. So, you know, the communication process is part of that sustained excellence. Oprah is another one. She communicates with us so elegantly, so simply. And you, like when Oprah finished speaking, you're like, oh my gosh, that was the most moving message and inspiring message ever. And it's because she understands the power of words and the power of simplicity. And she and she's consistent. Remember when Oprah had her show way back when? You you didn't even realize it was an interview. It, it just felt like a conversation. conversation yeah, right. that we got to peek in on. Right. You know, you didn't, it wasn't Question, answer, question, answer. Right. It was a conversation exactly. that we got to peek in at, and people would sit down on that couch and tell Oprah everything. Oprah would and get the audience that, fall yeah, in love with it. Yeah. And they would tell Oprah everything. And, you know, when you can get people to open up like that, that means they're comfortable with you. Right. That means they trust you. And they trust you to tell their story in a responsible way. And, you know, that's, that's what managing a brand is all about, eliciting that trust. And gaining the trust of your customer. And when you're able to do it at a high level consistently, next thing you know, you have the own network. You know? And, you, and, you put, and you're putting other people exactly. in a position to tell their story and, du exactly. and duplicate. Like that's, a, that's, what, that's the duplication. Yep. You know, she's exactly. really duplicating right. her vision. Right. She's duplicating right. her vision with her... On network, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's like you don't you don't realize sometimes these things until you right. really dive in because you have to be deliberate. Right. You have to be deliberate and and dive in and, and look at and look at Belichick and mm -hmm. look at Oprah and look at these people and say, oh, this is what they're doing. Right. This is why this is it's why working. It works. Yeah. This is exactly yep. why it's working. Um, with the public speaking. Why do you think so many people are afraid 
just afraid um, of failure. Public speaking. Because it's not natural. They're just they're just not used to it. I mean, standing in front of a television camera with a microphone is not natural. You know, you, re- you you only see one person holding the camera. But you realize there's 10 million people behind right. that camera watching your every, every word every, every and word. every mistake. And so, you know, we al- our minds play tricks on us when it comes to public speaking. Yes, it's, it's, it's not about the actual act of getting up and doing it. It's, it's about what we let our mind convince us can, of can, that can go wrong. Yeah. You know, so it's all a mind game. And that's why if you stand in front of the mirror, you practice your presentation the night before, you know, and you, and, and you understand what you want to say. You keep it simple. Um, you tell a nice story. And there are so many little tricks of the trade that you can, you can um, practice and, and become a strong presence in front of others. And that's what it's about. It's about having that presence and, that, the, and feeling confident in front of others. Um, but you know the the the, the anxiety is is self inflicted. It's what gets people. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like um, the monster under the bed. Right, right, right. <laughs> the fear, the fear of the unknown. And I I, I tell I tell my students all the time that the practice, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's underrated. Right. Especially in non musician world. Mm-hmm. Because most people don't have a have a relationship with practice. Right. Right. You know, you have a relationship with studying, which is good. Right. But it's different. Right. Studying and practicing are two different things. Two different worlds. One's a little more active. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I tell them that it's not that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's that you're not practicing to do it. Right. And that's the only way. That's that'll that'll fix ninety percent of your stage fright. 90% of your fear of public speaking. Like anytime right. that I've had an issue with a performance, I can always look back and be like, oh, I didn't practice. Right. I didn't I didn't practice like I should have. This piece required this level of mm-hmm. commitment and practice and I gave it this level. Right. And I, I, I think a lot of people don't really again have a relationship yeah. Yeah. with practice. Mm-hmm. So they say, Oh, that's hard. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. I can't do it. But, and like that's say, what creates the anxiety, because you know you're not ready, right. <laughs> and that's right. where the anxiety comes from. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, got one more thing, then we'll wrap up. Okay. So, what what advice can you give people about managing a brand mm-hmm. across multiple platforms? Um, consistency. You have to be. That's consistent. the key word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you put it out here, you got to put it out there. In the same way, in the same direct, um, clear, concise, and succinct manner so that it's easily digestible. Um, a lot of times we, we're, we're just throwing stuff out of there. It needs to be methodical. It needs to be consistent, um, and it needs to have that forethought. You have to have a plan. And then your, 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 your brand management comes when you're working that plan throughout all different platforms and making sure the same message resonates everywhere you 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 send it. Gotcha. And um and that is critical. You know, the, the successful brands do it. <clears throat> the Chips Ahoy, you know, Delta, uh, Camaro, you know, the successful brand Lexus, yeah. The successful brands, everything's consistent, you know, and you know what to expect. You know, when you start surprising folks, that's when your brand is in trouble. 
But when you're consistent, they know what they can expect. You've set the bar high, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I would say consistency, have that plan, uh, be clear and concise in your messaging throughout each and every platform that you utilize. And in person. <laughs> Especially in person. Yeah. Because that goes a long way. I mean, there are movies that I won't watch to this day because of the experience I had interviewing oh, the, 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 the stars, stars of the movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's now you, watch, you sit there and talk to Will Smith. Will Smith gets up. He shakes your hand. He makes you feel like a million bucks. And even if his movie's not that good, you're going to come back and say it is. Because, because, you, yeah. because of the experience I had. Because I'm, now I go back home and I tell my friend, I'm Will Smith's, I'm, like, I'm Will Smith's homie. We're friends. We're we buddies. Me and the boys. He, <laughs> I call yeah, him he got up, shook my hand, patted yeah. me on the back, wished me well, said he'd see me next time. And that's you know? why we see, you see his Instagram exactly. instantly. Exactly. Because people are identifying, he's failing, he's... Vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a one of the key words for me. That's a part of why I started podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's just to, you know, exercise some vulnerability. So right. he's doing that. Yeah, and he's multiplying his influence, yeah. his reach, absolutely daily. Be- because we know we 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 only have an, a a a a, a stoch of the idea of a small piece of what it took for him to get where he is. See, I'm old enough to remember when he was rapping. Okay. (laughs) So I don't know just Will Smith, the actor. I know about Will Smith's transformation. And following Will Smith and the dedication and the ability that he's he's had to stay focused and driven and outwork everybody. See, it's difficult to be a black male in Hollywood. But he keeps getting jobs. He had three or four years in a row where he was putting out blockbusters every summer. Yeah. You know, when you go back to Independence Day and those and, and, bad and boys. yeah, bad boys and those franchises that are phenomenal because he kept creating opportunity for himself because of his work ethic. And so, you know, to to be able to get a glimpse into his thought process and his psyche and his approach. I mean, it's gold for everyone because you can apply it to almost every aspect of business or your personal, or your personal life. life, right? Yeah. So you know, he's 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 an amazing guy that gets it. You know, when you talk about people who get it, you know, there are some folks that don't get it and they don't understand that. You know, if I have a bad experience with you, I'm going to throw that movie in the trash. I'm not going to watch it again. You know, and I'm not going to look for your new stuff. Right. You know, so that's, I mean, the people... That's the trust. Yeah. That's the trust. Yeah, absolutely. You trust that they value your opinion or exactly. value how they come across. Exactly. And because what we see on the screen is not necessarily what we see in person. And and they, and having worked, you know, here for 10 years and having a chance to meet... And, and trust me, it's a small number. It's a small because you don't get to that level of success without having some character. But it's a small level that you know have one persona that you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, that must be the most amazing person. And then you meet him in person, you're like, oh, this is nothing. It's nothing like, like I thought. Yeah. <laughs> the dream yeah. didn't. I mean, right. yeah, the reality didn't match the dream. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So, um, you know, it's it's that is something to be especially cognizant when you you know relate that to the business world. You know, it all has to match up. 
It all has to line up. All the pegs have to fit. Right. So, you know, it's it's something to definitely keep in on, on the forefront of the of, of your mind and on your mindset. Mindset. So I've been hearing a lot about the word mindset. So we got a lot of gems today. I hope everybody's listening. I'm listening um, and taking notes, mental notes. I'm going to write everything down. Go listen. That's the good thing about podcasts. Yeah. You, you know, you can go back, and, yeah. go back and listen. So I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged and honored to have Mr. Hayes here to speak with me. Uh, he's a very busy man. So I'm going to let him get on with his day. Do you have any final words? You know, mindset is everything. Um, don't sell yourself short. Set the bar high. Yes, sir. And on that note, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure here, my friend. Hope Thanks it's not for the last me. time. <laughs> As always, thank you guys for listening to the Over Underachieving Podcast. Hope you enjoyed our guest, Mark Hayes. Have a great week. <laughs>